Today's episode of Setting the Edge is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash settingedge. That's audibletrial.com slash settingedge. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash settingedge. Welcome to episode 75 of the Send the Edge podcast. I'm Justin Mosqueda. You can find me on Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. I'm here with my co-host Charles McDonald. You can find him on Twitter at Forever. Say what's up, people. What's up, good people? We're back, and it's about that time of year where the content is a little bit harder to find. So we might as well just start doing previews now that the rosters, uh, we pretty much have a good idea of who's going to be playing where for the regular season, and uh, the rosters are, are pretty much shaped up. So uh, we're going to start off with the South. So we're going to start off with the AFC South today, and we'll have an NFC South preview next week. And uh, I think we're starting off with the South just because I just put a Twitter poll and said pick, and it's just put North, South, East, West, and South 1. So we're going to start there. And uh, to do the order, we're going to go from their 2017 standing. So we'll go Texans first, uh, Colts, Titans, and then we'll wrap it off with the Jaguars. Yeah, sounds good. So Houston's first. Um, they're they're a weird team, right? <laughs> I mean, injury yep. is just like plagued over that roster. If it's not, um, you know, Deshaun Watson at quarterback, it's JJ Watt and Whitney Merciless both going down. Jadavian Clowney the year before, so. We really haven't seen like all three of those pass rushers on the field at the same time, really. Like, have we ever really seen any of those three dudes get in the groove? Not really, no. So they're kind of in a weird spot where it's like we don't even like when this team is all together. Like even like Will Fuller being out for a significant amount of time, things like that. Like we really don't know what this team looks like when it's all together. All we know is that when the pieces are missing, it's really bad, right? We've seen that the last two years. Um, but they're in a weird spot because I would say that their two biggest flaws, obviously the quarterback was an issue. Uh, the drop-off from Deshaun's, Deshaun Watson to Tom Savage was significant, uh, as we all expected. Um, but the two other issues on that team that were like catastrophic that I don't think people talked about enough were their secondary was awful. Uh, if you look at uh, the, the update that we have for the website, um, Houston was minus 756 yards under average relative to how many snaps they played on de- uh, for the pass defense, which was the second worst in the league, uh, only behind the Oakland Raiders, who were almost at 800. Um, so their, their secondary was really, really awful, which probably has something to do with their pass rushers up front being off the field. But a lot of those guys on the back end are aging. Obviously, they added uh, Aaron Colvin. Um, so that hopefully will help. You know, they added Tyron Matthew, too. Hopefully he's in a spot where, you know, he could basically rehab his career. Uh, but DB, I would say, is still a massive issue. And then do you know who their bookends are? So they they added Zach Fulton at guard. He's obviously going to help them on the interior. But their offensive line has just been a massive issue uh, the past couple of years, especially <laughs> after trading like Dwayne Brown. Do you know who their starting offensive tackles are right now? I'm looking at – do you? Yeah, I'm, I'm I, wrote, I wrote a piece for – I wrote a piece for uh, 
Bleacher Report where I projected every team's starting lineup, so I do know who they are. I'm looking at Spotrack right now. I'm not Spotrack, uh, our lads right now, and they have Chantrell Henderson in at right tackle. Yes, sir. And Julian Davenport. Do you remember who Julian Davenport is? He was the uh, Bucknell tackle from last year. Yeah, he he wasn't good. Um. So yeah. So those two. So really, like, so those are kind of like one of those guys is going to start. Period. Two of them are probably going to start because the only other guy who, like, he's even contending for playing time at bookend for him is uh, Martinez Rankin, who is a third round pick. Which, you know, I mean, cautious optimism with third round picks, right? right. Like, even even if you are happy that you know, if you do like a player, the fact of the matter is, third round picks really don't see playing time like that so yeah but at the same time like he he could be better than davenport right now you know or henderson or henderson 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 hasn't played in like two years like that's not really by accident i wouldn't be surprised at all if we if we left training camp and and rankin was one of the starting tackles like even left tackle just like that's just because that's where they're at right now yeah this team has a lot a lot more question marks than you we really assume right because like deshaun watson is going to come back but do we expect him to throw 10 percent of his passes for touchdowns right. um will fuller like cautious optimism with him being just like healthy right their offensive line is an issue their defensive back unit at least if nothing else has a question mark when a guy like aaron colvin is going from a slot corner to being you know having to be your number one guy um then their defensive front like on paper like one game, you get a healthy game out of him. You would say, you know, clearly above average with guys like JJ Watt, TJ Reader, Jadavian Clowney, Whitney Merciless. Like that's um, an, like if those guys to say healthy, that's awesome, you know? Right, right. But then like extrapolate that over sixteen games and like how much like Watt might be done. You know what I mean? Like that's not. I'm not saying that that's likely, but that's not out of the question either. So right. I think I think there's a lot more volatility in this team than other people are projecting, which is. Like, Houston right now has better Super Bowl odds than the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that, to me, is kind of outlandish. Yeah, that's nuts. And uh, the other day, our pal, you know, on The Bachelor now, uh, PFF Mike, Mike Renner, he was tweeting about the uh, the Patriots, I mean, the, God, the Texans' uh, pass defense last season. And uh, he said the Texans only played 20 pass snaps and cover three all last year. So, I mean, they... At, and, and for the most part, they're just playing well, man coverage, which is well, which they is didn't, crazy. They didn't have they don't they didn't have the pass rushers to rush for and drop guys. Right. They didn't have the free safety to play the middle of the field, and they didn't have the corners to take away. They basically didn't have the guys to do the three man chill, and they didn't have the four man rush to get after the quarterback. So right. So he, it makes sense why they didn't play cover three, but he, hopefully that's got to change. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean, it makes sense. Like when you look back at their corners from last year, and you're like, oh, these guys are being asked to strap up a man coverage a lot. I can see why they gave up the most points in the NFL. So uh, hopefully, hopefully, like if those, if you can get Watt back to, you know, 80% of what he used to be, because, I mean, he used to be a 20-sack player. So, you know, even like 80% of that is still a, a damn good uh, defensive lineman. You got Clowney, who's just he turned into an absolute animal, and then Merciless is a good player too. Like that's a trio that can rival any – trio in the league when healthy but absolutely just... and and they move around those guys a lot too right you yeah. like Watt and Clowney can both play inside or outside the tackle um merciless is a guy who like it's not rare to see merciless just stand straight up over the center and rush him from that angle 
So I think, you know, being able to get all these guys healthy, like that would go, that would go a really long way for this team. But just general cautious optimism, in my opinion, I don't know how high you are on this team, but I'm not sure. Like, I, I can see why people would say, like, this is a playoff team. But uh, if I were a betting man, I would probably bet no more often than yes, if this were even odds. Yeah, yeah, I could see. I think the peak for this team is, uh, like, the absolute peak is kind of like what you saw in, uh, what was that, 2012 with the Atlanta Falcons where, like, the defense wasn't good, but they were able to get, you know, enough splash plays, like, enough turnovers, and you had a supporting a supporting cast strong enough to kind of offset, uh, I guess, I mean, th- their offensive line wasn't as bad as the Texans, but, you know, kind of a weaker offensive line. And maybe, like, if Watson and... Fuller and Hopkins kind of pick up off where they were last year. Obviously not 10% touchdown percentage because that would be the best in NFL history like by a pretty wide margin. Uh, so, uh, you know, and even if you were... I, 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 looked, I looked it up I looked it up the other day because I, I was writing about Deshaun Watson for some reason. I, oh, no, I was writing about the Texans actually and their Super Bowl odds for Bleacher Report. And I, was, uh, I looked it up and it's something like four, pass, f- four passers since the merger... Who have had like a hundred passes in a season? Deshaun Watson's like ten point three percent touchdown percentage is the second highest, you know, in NFL history. So, if you think Lightning's going to strike twice, good on you. But you know, the numbers say probably probably not going to happen. Yeah, but even if you can, if he, let's say he regresses down to like six percent, like that's still pretty good. Uh, right. Throughout the course of the season, so even like like the thing with that doesn't really bother me. But the, bother but the, me. the thing the thing about the thing about that to me. Is that Watson was doing that, and they were still they went like three and three, yeah, or something right. Like so that. they they still didn't win a lot of games. So like I think what's gonna happen is like they're gonna have to get lucky uh, and just end up like winning some of these close games. But I think for them to have a shot to make the playoffs, like their defense is just gonna have to play like especially the secondary is gonna have to play above expectation, and guys are gonna have to stay healthy. Which is based on what we've seen, you just can't count on that being the case at all. But uh. We kind of spent too much time on the Texans, so let's go over. We, we, we got we got to do this. We got to do the win total. Oh, oh, that's right, that's right. So, uh, all right, Houston seven seven and a half. That's what I'll set the line at. Over under, how many wins? I'll go under. I think like seven and nine makes sense for them. Whew. And the AFC. I I felt like that was a little low for me, honestly, when I said that, <laughs> uh, but. There's just so much volatility. Like I feel like you'll you'll know within two weeks if that if you're gonna hit the over or the under on that. Yeah, and the, you know another wild card for this team is you know Romeo Cornell is way better at being defensive coordinator than Mike Vrabel is. So you know maybe maybe now that he's taking the reins back, it'll be uh, a little bit better for them. But still, like it's kind of hard to get excited about their secondary though. I do think Tyron Matthew played a little bit better, like towards the end of the season for Arizona. Like you saw him kind of get his old, like his old swag and juice back. So maybe that's a free agent signing that will actually hit for them. Uh but yeah, I'm going to take under just because you know, and an offensive line that bad, like it's kind of hard to take, like put any stock into it. Like the only quality player there is Nick Martin, and he's your center. So like Folden and Allen are like okay. Martin got hurt, right? He either got hurt this year or last year. I can't remember which one. But, yeah, e- even then where it's like – I think like, it was his rookie year when he got hurt. How old is Nick Martin? Uh, he, he's about to enter his, 30, his uh, third season. I'm, I'm aging rapidly. Okay. Uh, moving, <laughs> moving on from Texas, we got the Colts. Um, 
what do you want to say about the Colts other than uh, we talked about how rosters are basically set, right? Um, if there is a team that's a really good spot for a Des Bryant rehabilitation you know, slot, uh, I would say the Colts, you know, it doesn't really fit with what they're doing uh, from a personality standpoint, I guess. Uh, they're trying to go young. But in terms of receivers, like Ryan Grant's their number two right now and Chester Rogers is their number three. So, like, if someone's going to swing for Des Bryant, like, if I'm the Colts, I'm probably that team. Yeah, but, you know, the thing – so the Colts are kind of interesting because they – you know, because obviously, like, if you, Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson, like, you're set as center and guard for the next 10 years. Uh, I mean, if Quentin Nelson is even, like, 75% as good as we think he's going to be, like, you are you have a long-term starter. At, well, th- their whole offensive line is kind of set because even, like, right. uh, Costanzo, Muhort, and Braden Smith, those are guys who were drafted in the top 50, I want to say. So, like, their entire offensive right. line, basically, yeah, so, is I mean, all young top 50 picks. So like you know you got you can get excited about the offensive line uh <laughs> because you got Quentin Nelson who who's like the best guard prospect ever. Brain Smith was I thought he's a pretty good player too and Ryan Kelly's a stud. So I mean like and then Jack, having Jack Muhor as as a depth player is is really good like most teams would, would love to have that but the defense is still they they still got a long way to go. And it's just so funny cuz last year around this time people were like getting excited about the Colts. Uh, and then we were like, yo, this roster still sucks. And, uh, <laughs> I feel like it was like the Colts, the Bengals, the Raiders. I was on the anti-Texas bandwagon, and you were you were not so much on that one. But there definitely I was in on the Texans just because I was in Deshaun. After he got hurt, I stopped watching them. Smart. But I feel like there there are a couple of teams every year where you could see it from a mile away where you're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's going to be crippling. And I feel like the Colts – on the defensive side of the ball, who who is who is the star? Who's the guy? I guess Malik Hooker. Other Malik than Malik Hooker. Hooker, who's the guy who you look at? And and Malik Hooker played half half a rookie season, right? And he's already like big man on campus in Indianapolis. That's wild. Uh, if you, I, I mean, he's he's the only guy that like even is like the only he, he Hooker's the only guy where you're like we might want to think about game planning around this guy a little bit. But everyone else is they're just kind of there. I agree. Um, let's talk about their pass rushes because we're fucking nerds like that. Uh, they're in what a really interesting rushes? spot. Well, so that, that's <laughs> the thing, right? They have they have a bunch of number two and number three pass rushers, but the thing is, they have like fucking eight of them. So right. like, Dinico Autry is probably going to have to play three tech for him, even though he's like two hundred seventy pounds. Uh, that's kind of the role that he played at o- in Oakland, but he flexed around a bit. But in Indianapolis, the way it stands right now. It's really hard for me to think that he's not just going to be a three technique just because of the depth of their pass rushers. Um, so right now they have Jabal Sherrod, who like if, if these guys were on your roster, you would like them, right? Like Sherrod, Sherrod could be a number two pass rusher. John Simon, he could be like a number three pass rusher, a number two guy who can get you yep. out of a game. They drafted uh, Taekwon Lewis, Kamoko Toure, and Terrell Basham in the top 100 over the last two years. And then they signed Chris McCain, who was like low-key one of like the breakout pass rushers yeah. in terms of like guys who came out of absolutely fucking nowhere for the Chargers. He, he was he was the third guy behind Bosa and Melvin Ingram. He was an exclusive rights free agent, and then they pulled the tag off of him for some reason. Like I think it was like two weeks before the draft, and then the Colts signed him. So this is a team that legitimately has like on any roster, these guys would be number two, number three pass rushers. Um, there's like eight of them. So I guess at some point, like 
one of them or two of them have to break out and like be that guy for you. Um, but they're just it's just kind of weird because I have no idea how that can shake out. Like Kamoko Ture could either get you know be a twelve sack guy immediately or he could get twelve snaps this year, and I have no idea which one it's going to yeah. be. I mean, yeah, Ture he he's. Like obviously the tools and the athleticism are there, and we talked about it a little bit on our draft grade show from last week, our very timely draft draft grade show. <laughs> uh, but you know he he has the tools. Like he out of like when you look at all of these guys, like out of the young guys that they've added, he's the one that has the tools that looks like an elite level pass rusher. It's just kind of a matter of like getting. I I don't know if it's getting it out of him or is it just getting him away from Rutgers. Like and, and I guess we'll see. What what the deal is there, but I just don't know like, where's the pass rush coming from this year. And I, I thought that they made it. I thought I kind of thought they made a mistake by not bringing back uh, Rashawn Melvin. Hankins. Uh, oh, I thought Han- you were gonna say Hankins. Hankins. I mean, I don't know what the deal is there because maybe he just kind of take his time. But I think he's gonna get signed before like training camp, obviously. But I, not resigning Rashawn Melvin didn't make much sense to me because like he was probably one of their best defenders last year and, and just. Like in terms of finding quality corners, you didn't have to pay that much to keep them, so you you might as well when you don't really have anything else in the roster. Yeah, so just quick rundown: the non the non pass rushers for this team, right? The non edge defenders. The starters are probably Al Woods, Dinico Autry, Antonio Morrison, Darius Leonard, who last year was playing at the FCS level, Quincy Wilson, Kenny Moore, Malik Hooker, who you said Good is like Lord. the guy there, Matthias. Uh, Gaithers and then Nate Harrison. So, Matthias Farley, so Clayton Gaithers. That's a fine. <laughs> was it? Okay, yeah. my bad. Eh, I, no hablo. Um, Indianapolis over under six and a half wins. So I guess this hinges on Andrew Luck. And okay, which let's, let's talk we about, didn't talk about it at all. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about Luck for a second. I, uh, what do you do there? Like. Because he hasn't thrown, he hasn't thrown a ball. You have Jacoby. You have Jacoby, so you don't have to do anything there. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess this is why you know. I'm sure they probably got like feelers on Jacoby, but this is why you keep Jacoby because Jacoby he he already proved that he can be like a competent quarterback. So, uh, and if Luck can't play, which like who knows, he might not, he still might not be able to play. He hasn't thrown a ball in 500 days. Uh, I saw I saw him lift a child on the timeline. Oh yeah, Col- Colts fans so- were getting mad excited about that dumb video of Andrew Luck picking up a kid. Uh, I don't even know where they were, but like he he picked up this kid, and like you see him wince a little bit too, like his shoulders. <laughs> and then all these Colts fans are like, oh, you know, he picked up a kid. He can throw a football. It's the same exact mechanism. You know, it's the same. These thing. these people like have no idea how like the human body works like when i bl- i've blown out my acl twice right when i've blown out my acl i can run full speed the problem is i can't turn like even even functions like in in one body part like if you tear an acl you can like do certain things and also like not, not do things at all like I, I didn't see anything that looked like throwing a football when he picked up a child yeah uh so I, like luck is such a wild card and let's say luck comes back and he he starts sixteen games for this team. You you can't predict or project his performance at all because you don't you just can't know what he's going to look like when he gets back. So I, I don't really know what to do that do with the Colts, but I would go under for six and a half just because I, I think their defense is just an abomination to mankind. Also, if you want to be really really real, uh, uh, he's been in the NFL for six years and he's had 
two seasons when he was an above average passer. So, all right, let's just, at least statistically, just settle down. Uh, so you're you're going you're going under six and a half. Yeah, just because I, I just don't see how they stop a soul this year. That I mean, it, who, who's there, who's so hook you like you talk about Hooker, but does anyone like even scare you a little bit on their defense? Sheared and on their defense, yeah, I was doing like random pass rushers who were like and, and just. Sh- it's only because Sheard has, Sheard has played before, but even then, like if Sheard's your best pass rusher, I ain't that scared of your team, you know. Uh, so yeah, they are, yeah, they they stuck. Uh, so the th- next team is the Tennessee Titans, and I, this is a team that I just don't really know. I don't really know what to do with the Titans either because like they have they're another team that has a wild card at quarterback, like the two teams we just talked about, where if if Mariota and uh, Matt LaFleur are able to, like, get on the same page and craft an offense that really works for Mariota, like, we know he's talented enough to be a, a star quarterback in the league. It's just we still you still have to, like, see it happen before you can invest too much stock into it. So, Well, let's not lie about, like, Mariota clearly regressed last year. Yeah, he was too. bad. He was like, bad. <laughs> that, that was by far his worst season and it was like visible. Uh, they did what was it? Was it a Pittsburgh game? I think I, it was one of oh, the yeah, games where they had the, the sky cam. It was the Pittsburgh he, Thursday night game. He threw like three awful interceptions, and it was like on the sky cam. It was very noticeable. Like as soon as it left his fingers, like oh yeah, that's gonna be a fucking pick. Yeah, and it was just gross, man. Everyone was everyone was like, oh, interceptions look way worse on the sky cam. Because so. the thing is, I think that was I think that was the week right after the Atlanta New England game, right? Yeah. Because ha- I think it was right after that because it was – they, like, made a big deal about it being, like, the Sky Cam game. Well, and then the, Mariota just shit the bed. Yeah, because I remember – because during the Falcons-Patriots game, it got so foggy on the field. Like, they actually, like, were forced to go to the Sky Cam stuff. And they're like, oh, well, let's just try this for the next game. And then Mariota got exposed big time. Uh, once big again, the Falcons moved, uh, Falcons ruined everything for everyone. But, you know, a lot like Mike Malarkey got a, a lot of blame, and rightfully so, because he, he – you know, that offense is just – it wasn't structured to be, like, conducive to keeping up with, like, the more modern 2018 offenses that you see. So, uh, obviously, he had to go. And then Matt LaFleur, he spent time in Atlanta and uh, in L.A. with uh, Sean McVay last year. So, like, you think conceptually he's, you know, ahead of the ahead of the curve a little bit. So, like, there's a reason for, I guess, enthusiasm there. But, you know, Mariota did regress – and I just don't really know, like, what do you do with Corey Davis, too? Because he largely didn't really do anything last year either. I think, uh, I don't know. That's a hard one because he was, like, coming off the injury and all sorts of stuff. Right. Um, the, the guy I want to talk about, though, uh, Deion Lewis. Yes. Let's talk about Deion Lewis, RB1. Because that's my only fantasy take for, like, the entire summer is that, like, why, why do we think that Deion Lewis is worse than Derrick Henry when Deion Lewis – the second half of the year, led the NFL in rushing, like under Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick made him a bell cow, a bell cow running back. Yeah, and I think you saw, like, I think you saw in the draft exactly how important De- like Bill Belichick thought Deion Lewis was because right. you have to, like, you you have to replace that production with another premier player if like you want to keep that same level of offense. So they picked Sony Michelle in the first round and r- ripped my heart out. Uh, Yet again. So, but yeah, Deion Lewis, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he gets like way more touches than Derrick Henry this year, just because like he might be a better player. And I don't really know if that's a slight to Derrick Henry. 
but Deion Lewis is he's he's a stud. Yeah, he's he's just a really good player. It's the weird thing of like, I don't know if you want to call it like sizeism or something like that, but like people are definitely doing like the Derrick Henry big, therefore early downs. Deion Lewis small, therefore pass catcher out of the backfield. When it's like, no man, like Deion Lewis was a fucking bell cow the entire second half of the season. Yeah, and you know the, the Titans' offense, they just. Like if you look at the numbers we have for the update, they just really underperformed. They were 23rd in adjusted net yards per attempt value, 18th in sack percentage value, 21st in uh, tackle for loss percentage value, which is kind of interesting because I feel like going into the season, people were pretty high on the Titans' offensive line as a unit, like being one of the best in the game, and they just did not perform like that last season. So like, wh- where, where, where are the issues for them? Because I haven't really watched... Like paid attention too much to their offensive line. Like, what are the their weak offensive spots here? line? I think I think Conklin was a little bit overrated. Honestly, um, I don't think their guards are great. Quentin Spain and Josh Klein right now. I think Ben Jones is fine, but I think their guard play wasn't. Like, I I just think that they're not not necessarily that they aren't good, right? Because I wouldn't necessarily call these guys like liabilities. Like, it's not a situation where like these guys are performing like the guys in like Houston might. Um, but I do think that like Conklin, Spain, Klein, like those guys were playing out of their gourds the year that they really all put it together when like in reality the the clearly above average guys are going to be Lawan and Ben Jones in my opinion yeah uh it's it's going to be interesting to see like how all that works out and you know I, I think if they're going to they got to lose games just because that god awful helmet i think that helmet is like one of the worst things to ever happen to football it's pretty gross it's not it's not it's like the because they have like kind of like the weird stripes like uh, the Ravens did, but they fucked it up, and they're also not wearing like they, they don't have all black uniforms and stuff like that. So aesthetically, not great. Yeah, uh, it's not looking good. So what's their uh, win total for the season? Oh, oh we, wait, wait, wait. yeah, I forgot. We completely forgot the defense. <laughs> uh, so they added Benny Logan, Rashawn Evans, who's a lo- Benny Logan's a defensive lineman. He's going to help there a lot because they were awful with. Uh, What's his name? Sylvester Williams? Yeah, and uh, yeah, he was terrible in, in Denver, so I don't know why they were surprised <laughs> to see that didn't work out. Uh, I, I think he signed a three-year contract, and he played one year of it. Um, Rashawn, do you, by the way, do you know where Sylvester Williams is right now? Uh, is, is he somewhere thanking Malik Jackson? And uh, what's the other guy? Derek Wolfer getting paid? Uh, let me look it up right now. Yeah, I double-checked to make sure that this is correct. He is in Detroit, and he's probably going to start this oh, year. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, because he's going to be him and Ashawn Robinson. It was so funny because like you saw, because I remember, I remember I, when I was watching the, the 2015 Broncos, like I watched them and I was like, oh, you know, Sylvester Williams, like he's, he's not really bad. Like he's actually kind of starting to figure this stuff out. And then Malik Jackson left and then uh, Derek Wolf got hurt for a little bit. And you just saw, like, there was this Sunday night game where they were playing the Raiders. Like, this was back when the Raiders were actually, people were actually excited about them. And they were actually kind of fun to watch. And they played, it was a Sunday night game. And I think they ran for, like, almost, like, 300 yards or 250 yards, something like that. And if you just watch the All-22, there must be, like, 10 plays where Kelechi Assembly and uh, Rodney Hudson just drive Sylvester Williams 10 yards off the ball. And the Titans went out and gave this dude like a three-year contract. So it was yeah. like three years, fifteen million, or something like that. Shout out to him for getting paid, though. 
Just to him. So, uh, Benny Logan, I feel like we can fairly say is an upgrade there, even if we're not the world's biggest Benny Logan fan. He's like a functional nose tackle. Yeah. Um, they added Rashawn Evans at linebacker, who probably peaked two playoffs ago at Alabama when he was actually playing pass rusher and not right. inside linebacker. But they're, they're, they needed – they have reps that they need to replace at inside linebacker because they lost a guy this year. And then they got Malcolm Butler, who like – Famously didn't play in the Super Bowl, um, was better earlier in his Patriots career than he was last season. Um, but they, they gave him a shot. He's going to play with like Logan Ryan and stuff. Uh, Dory da- Jackson should still be the number one corner there, I think. But they definitely have added like depth pieces to the point where like outside of like Cyprian just being a moron every once in a while, it's kind of hard to poke holes in like the starting lineup at least, at least to the point where you're like, that's a weakness. And now Harold Landry is probably going to come off the bench as a third pass rusher behind Brian Arakpo and Derek Morgan. So I don't know. I'm kind of like optimistic about this defense, honestly. Like I kind of think this defense is going to be better than that offense unless, you know, Mariota and Deion Lewis really get some chemistry going. You know, maybe Corey Davis. I guess the skill players on the offense are just the big question mark. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. I'm, I'm just – is Mike Vrabel going to be calling the plays? I have no clue. I don't know. I've, uh, I haven't talked to him. You're the personal friend of yeah, Mike Rabel. So. Yeah. I, I don't know. That, what kind of worries me about the defense is, you know, Mike Rabel, he, he did just give up. I know he had some injuries, but they still, they still did give up, like, the most amount of points in the NFL last year, which, like, if, if you're coming over to replace – not that Dick LeBeau was, like, great last year or anything or that the Titans had an outstanding defense, but, like, to replace that with someone who just went – like who who just had a bottom bottom feeder defense last year really, I I don't know that kind of gives me cause for pause. But they do have like pretty solid players at every level of the defense. You know, Jarrell Casey's a stud, obviously. Uh, Rashawn Evans should be he, he should be an upgrade over what they had last year. Even if I don't think he's uh you know he's not, he's not anywhere near Roquan Smith, but he's he's an upgrade. And then uh, Kevin Byard he he was an absolute stud last year. So they got players. I just kind of want to see how it gets all all orchestrated by by mike Vrabel. what's their uh win total uh eight eight i'll go i'll, I'll go over you go over so you think they're better than houston yeah the, i mean they I, have I thought we were gonna i thought we were gonna fight over this because your son deshaun watson i mean he might he might get killed this year uh but <laughs> well you know what's interesting what's interesting is uh like Deshaun, like when I remember when we were doing the update stuff, and after Deshaun got hurt, like you just saw their sack percentage like like went through the roof as Tom Savage went in there. So even like even just like a little hope that if he can stay spry and and quick, maybe he can avoid some of those sacks. But yeah, I, I just like the I like the Titans roster better as a whole, and I just kind of believe that. Maybe Matt Lafleur has just picked up so much. Like pretty much everywhere he's gone has been successful at offense. I don't know how much of a role he's played in that, but uh, yeah, he I'll might t- he, take take your chances on that. Like he yeah. has enough of a resume where it's right. like fuck it. Yeah, and how was, much do the funny, how much do you really know when you're hiring guys? You know you, what I mean? Like you, this dude has a resume, so fuck it. Right, and you know if there if there was ever a like something to pin your hat on for Matt Lafleur, he got Jimbo Fisher to offer. Uh, Ever Golson, like if he ever goes in his best season under uh, Matt Lafleur at Notre Dame, and got him to uh, Florida State, where he predictably 
uh, failed out. So maybe this is the like the golden one, the chosen one, like the next McVay Shanahan. But we'll see. I I, I do like their roster, just on on paper, uh, a decent amount though. So I'll go over on their win total. Jacksonville. Last team is Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, what what can we say here? Because this is basically the same team that, that lined up last year, right? Outside of like their slot cornerback changed and they added Andrew Norwell and like pass catchers. Yeah, there's not much to say. Um, I, I mean, it, it's pretty much the same squad coming back. I didn't realize how like protective Jags fans were of, of Leonard Fournette. Like that over the past few days has really been player like number number 48 or something like that yeah yeah oh yeah he was uh he, he was 58 that's a fine uh and he was i'll over, take it <laughs> he was over uh casey hayward and, and that was you know that, that drew some some fun from our twitter pal hank jones as he relentlessly trolled chargers fans as usual uh but i mean there's i don't really know what to add from this team from last year i, I just i think if you're jacksonville you got to hope that getting at, at least statistically an above average passing season from Blake Bortles wasn't a mirage because I mean that that was I don't, was, that I don't that. think it is because he's kind of he's had that season before right what was it three years what is it 2017 2015 he kind of had the same type of season where he's basically he's basically started his career off as horrible passer average passer horrible passer average passer yeah I I don't know I don't know just I just don't know how much he trusted yeah and he, and he did have that season that was when he threw like yeah I mean six hundred passes um, <laughs> there was a, there was a lot of garbage yards yeah, and a, touchdowns a lot of stats a lot of I'll, I'll come out and say that yeah uh yeah so if 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 that wasn't Mirage and and like his play seems steady there's no reason why they shouldn't win the division again I I, I just think like that's always kind of a worry that he just falls back into being one of the worst quarterbacks in football. And yeah, what's funny to like, I don't really know what to say about the defense because it should be elite again. Probably not like it's hard to be all time good in terms of pass defense like they were last year, but there's no reason to think they won't be an elite defense just because they have so much talent. Uh, but it's just, funny. it would just be hard. It would be hard. Like, cause there, there are certainly teams that regress, right? With like the Giants two years ago, right when they went to the playoffs, and everyone thought that they had like an elite of an elite defense, but a lot of it was just kind of based off of like their linebackers were still horrible. Their pass rushing unit wasn't that great, even though they paid Olivier Vernon all that money. Um, it was more just like DB play. But the Jags have so many guys that would be it. It wouldn't be crazy to think that they regress statistically, but that they regress significantly would be out of line. I think. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but I mean, and the the Jaguars, just in terms of like, if you look at run game as a whole, it's really kind of fun to just look at the Jacksonville Jaguars offense and defense, and like, I, I guess the resources put into it. So if last year Jacksonville they had a, just a horrendous run defense. I mean, they were awful against the run. In, in you know they had a they had a little bit of a stretch where. When Marcel Darius uh, was traded for a six-round pick, which was a dumb move by the the Bills, shocking. Uh, but they had a little stretch where they were pretty good against the run, but then they fell off again towards the end of the season. So, they, I mean, they were they were first in yards per play, points per play, uh, turnovers, all that stuff, 
and they're 28th or 26 in uh, yards per carry. So, you know, you can kind of see there how important or unimportant run defense is. And then on offense on the other side, so, you know, they, they picked Leonard Fournette with the fourth overall pick, and then they were seventh in yards per rush value as a team on offense, and they were ninth in tackle for loss percentage. So they had a pretty good offensive line last year that didn't allow that much penetration into the backfield. And on the games where Leonard Fournette missed, like, it didn't really affect their offense at all because I, I think we're both on the same page of offensive line is a bigger influence on your running game than the running back does. So like they did, they invested a lot of resources to get better at running the ball. And it just didn't really matter who was running the ball for them because their offensive line was so solid. And then on the other side, they really had no, no resources invented, invested into stopping the run. And they had the best defense in football last year. So just like looking at Jacksonville as a theory in terms of the run game is kind of interesting. Yeah, they goofed with the running back pick at four. I'll say it. Yeah, um, it was a dumb pick. <laughs> you could have had uh, you could have had the guy that was throwing ten percent of his touch ten percent of his passes were touchdowns last year. Um, let's let's play a quick game. Keenan Allen is into the third year of his veteran deal. Okay, uh, guess what his cap it is. Mm, give me an over or under, and I'll guess. Uh, nine point five. Uh, over. It's nine point six five. Okay, guess what? Don Dante Moncrief's cap hit is this year. Isn't it like nine point three something like that? It's nine point six. So they're paying Dante Moncrief by Keenan Allen for some reason instead of rolling the cap over uh, into next year when they could actually like use cap relief in a really really like good way like the Philadelphia Eagles would. Um, or or I how about this? Instead of signing Moncrief, how about you just bite the bullet on like four million more dollars and just franchise Allen Robinson because he actually has has had good seasons in the NFL? Yeah. So how do we think that wide receiver unit shakes out? Because Moncrief, obviously, his, him and Marquise Lee. Marquise Lee also got a big extension. Um, or re, he got resigned. He wasn't extended. I think uh, Lee and Moncrief are obviously going to be on the field. Just because their contracts warrant it, um, do we think Didi keeps the job from uh, what's his name, DJ Shark? Um, because those are very kind of similar but different roles. In that, like, they're both home run guys, but you're talking about a big home run guy and like a yards after the catch home run guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know because like they just have so many guys that can make big plays, and then they have like Moncrief. They're either going to have him like just stuck on the field because of his contract, or maybe they're just going to like bite the bullet on it and realize he's not as good as they're at the receivers and he'll just ride the bench. But I think that you know if you're going to force Moncrief into the offense, like you're you're leaving some talent on the bench because either like either Didi, Chark, or Cole is going to be on the bench. Like you could have two of those guys on the bench and like those three are probably your three best receivers on the team right now. So it's just kind of weird how Cal Jacksonville is poked and prodded with this receiver position. And I, I think the Moncrief, like, unless like unless he just comes out and we were all wrong and he just blows everyone's expectations out of the waters, I'm just, I'm not really sure how he's, why he's here. And it kind of feels like he's stunting the growth of guys that have actually showed some serious promise. I agree. Uh, at the same time, 
like Tom Coughlin, kind of like the wide receiver guru. Like pretty much the only guys I trust in terms of like, okay, this guy clearly knows what he's doing at wide receiver is whoever the wide receiver coaches in Pittsburgh for like the past oh, decade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tom Coughlin and then Dabble Sweeney. Like, those are the three guys where it's, like, very visible and tangible that, like, okay, these guys know what the fuck they're doing at wide receiver. So maybe we're all dumbasses and Tom Coughlin's right. Could, so, could happen. Yeah, that's true. Right, so are you going to back off that James Washington take or no? No, absolutely not. Okay. No, he's, he's got he's – got, he's wide receiver three, maybe wide receiver four there. He's a bum. Uh, so Jacksonville, win totals, nine. What do you, what do you got? Mm. I mean, I guess I'll go over because I went under on the first two. So, yeah, okay, I'll, there's I'll, there's 32. You don't have to balance it out for for these two or for this just this division. But okay, yeah. I mean, it's not gonna. I'm not gonna think about it really past this one, and I'm all my over, <laughs> like none of my over under trolls are gonna match because I'm not gonna go back and check my takes. Uh, so do we want to do questions now? Yes, sir. I assume that's what we wanted to do. So let's let's recap. Yeah, it's like uh, you want to recap or go straight to the questions. Ch- Charles Charles says under Indianapolis six and a half wins, under Houston seven and a half wins, over Tennessee eight wins, and over Jacksonville nine wins. All right. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, I'm just excited to watch the, the Jacksonville defense again, and also like Taven Bryan like in a. Just a, a if you if the I feel like the Jaguars. Yeah, we didn't probably, talk about that at all. Yeah, but I feel like if the Jacksonville can just keep him in like a just just for this year a pass rush role, that could be a lot of fun for them because they got a lot of guys that are going to take up one on one blocks. And he just he's athletic enough where he can just make plays even if he was a dummy. Just do the like Jim Schwartz double three technique. Yeah, shit just and go run like up. Pull, pull Darius off the field. D- Taven, just go run in that B gap, okay? <laughs> 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 just just run. Uh, so yeah, let's hit some questions. Uh, we already kind of talked about Andrew Luck, so we don't need to do that one. This is from our pal Tyler Morales at underscore T Morales. Am I an idiot for being all in on the Chargers? Yes, because you should never go all in on the Chargers. There's even in the years like like where they look like they have one of the best teams in the league. They always just something always happens to them, and I just don't know how. You can trust them. Like I don't really believe in curses, but there's some crazy shit going on with that Chargers franchise. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it again, and no no one can stop me. So at some point, I have to be right. No, you don't. But though, like <laughs> <laughs> just continuously wrong, just forever. Just, I'm just waiting out the regression, man. I'm waiting out the regression. There's, riding the waves. There's like a black hole where regression doesn't exist, and Philip Rivers is just sitting there. With his seven kids, and they're they're like picking at his hair and stuff. I I, I just don't know. Like, obviously, they're a talented team. I mean, if you look at at the the stats we have for the update last year, they had they had one of the best defenses in football. Uh, they had one of the best pass defenses uh, in terms of yards to play, points to play. They were right up there with the best. Uh, they had one of the best offenses in football. Like their running game sucked, but uh, they were still able to put up a lot of points, a lot of yards. They had uh, I think they were third. And adjusting the yards per temp value, yeah, that's right. They were first in sack percentage, so just like when you look at the numbers, kicker, they, where were they a kicker? Right, that's the issue. So like when you look <laughs> at the numbers, like they were very clearly a good team, but uh, they, they were they were better than the Titans and uh, the Bills for sure. Oh, who without, both made AFC playoffs without a doubt. And then, but you know, some some Chargers should happen. They they let uh, Young Hoku instead of instead of realizing what it was like 
went in like while it was happening to kind of let him go on and be like this little America darling. And he was like the worst kicker we've seen in a while. And he lost them. I mean, he he was a big hand in them losing four straight games to suck the season. And if they had had those games back with a confident kicker, they probably would have made the playoffs. So, you know, that's just some, some charger shit that's going to hurt them at the end of the season when they actually are talented enough to make uh, a little bit of a postseason run. Here, here's what I'll say about the Chargers. Roberto Aguayo is on their team right now. Oh, if he ends boy. up winning the kicking job, I'm out. I'm out on the Chargers completely, just based off of that fact alone. I just can't put myself through that again. You can't put money on a team that has Aguayo on it. Like, it, it, it's especially on a team like the Chargers, because you know what you know what's going to happen now is you're going to have the same situation where Philip Rivers has to drive down the field and he's playing in a one score game, and now you're relying on Aguayo to make that game winning field goal. It's just that sometimes sometimes the gambling just takes a little bit too much out of you on Sundays, and that's definitely a situation where that would be the case. Uh, so Justice, is, he's he's ignoring the correct instinct of, of not putting money on the Chargers. He's going to do it again. I'm going to laugh at him when something ridiculously catastrophic, catastrophic happens to them yet again. Uh Let's see. Next question from Fancy Hipster at Fantasy underscore Hipster. The Broncos tend on playing Bradley Chubb at outside linebacker on first and second down. They move him to the defensive end on third down. Is this a good idea? I don't really. Okay, now like when we talk about outside linebacker versus defensive end, it doesn't really mean anything. He's an edge defender, and like on first and second down, I would imagine he's still going to be with his hand in the dirt for the most part because what he's almost two hundred seventy pounds in. Well, he dropped he dropped into coverage a lot too. Like North Carolina State on third down, they dropped him into coverage a lot just because they kind of had North Carolina State had the horses where they were able to do that. They had guys like Dante Rosario coming off the bench who were like could spell him. But that wouldn't surprise me if he played inside because you look at who Denver has on the interior right now, and it's like Derek Wolf. I don't like Domatapeco isn't a guy that you want really inside for a pass rushing role. So kick Bradley Chubb in and bring Shane Ray off the bench. Um, I did read a thing, uh, this, what was it this week, that came out that says Shane Ray is up to four or two hundred and forty pounds. You know what he was playing at before? Yeah, I saw it. He's at two nineteen. It's like two nineteen, which is crazy. NFL pass rusher. Yeah, but, Shaquille Barrett or uh, Shaquille Barrett or Shane Shane Ray. I'm taking I'm taking Barrett. Yeah, me too. So Shane Ray is the fourth best pass rusher on this team. The yeah. Atlanta Falcons would have taken him instead of Vic Beasley if he didn't if he uh, didn't get arrested for marijuana like the week before the draft. Yeah. And uh yeah, and that's <laughs> that's what the Falcons do. <laughs> uh luck out. Luck out and then fail. Uh <laughs> next question, Dave from David Bullen at David Bullen. How will Arden Key fit into Paul Gunther's defense? Which rookie edge will have the best year? And uh if you had to guess what would their sacks and tackles for loss be? Uh Arden Key, how does he fit into Gunther's defense? I don't I don't I mean, I guess he's gonna have to be—he's gonna have to be in like a fairly significant role this year. I don't know how ready he is for it, though. I—I I think he's gonna be Irvin's backup. Don't you? Yeah, but I mean, even like as a third pass rusher, he's still gonna see if, like a decent yeah. amount of snaps. Oh yeah, he's gonna—he's gonna see like, I would guess. I mean, it depends how they use Mario Williams, right? Because Mario Williams is a guy who gets playing time there. Um, but if Mario Williams is like full time inside for him, kind of like that Dinico Altry type. Uh, then I guess Arden Key would probably get at least 35% of reps coming off the bench. I mean, unless a guy, the only other guy who can like really make any noise 
there would be like Tate Carradine or like Fatal Brown, who like two years ago was a f- college free agent. So, yeah. So, I, I just I just don't know. Like I don't know how you project him because we talked about his athleticism last week. He was. Uh, at, he was in the two thirties at his pro day, and he ran a four eight five. Like I, I don't know what I don't know how you project that because that's the profile of someone who's not an NFL player. So maybe he can pick it up and get back in shape and look like the freshman year Arden Key. But that's just so that was so long ago and so far off. It, it's really hard to have any faith that he could be that guy now that the talent level has dramatically increased from when he last played. Uh, the which rookie edge will have the best year? Uh, probably Bradley Chubb. I would, I would say. How many were there even any other first round picks? I can't even remember. Davenport. Ah fuck. Okay. I don't know. That don't, could that yeah, could be because if if Chubb is kicking inside, right? If Chubb is kicking inside, Davenport has really a really good supporting cast. Like people don't right. understand how good like. David Onyemata is, and, and like we're big Sheldon Rankins guys, and right. like Cam, Cam Jordan should be a Hall of Famer, even if people don't talk about him like that. Okay. So, I I don't know. See, I guess depending the, depending on usage, right? If Chubb kicks inside, then I would say Davenport. Actually. Yeah. See, I was gonna, I was just thinking Chubb, and then I thought Davenport, and then I thought, oh, Davenport, he's played across with Cam Jordan. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. and I mean, like I I really, you know, I'm of the opinion that. Cam Jordan, he's probably like just as good as a guy like Von Miller, right? I mean, he's in that yeah. tier. So uh, he's gonna have a lot of a lot of help, and he's not gonna have to play as big a role. And and you know, I think if Sheldon Rankins can kind of continue his his on field progression, he's gonna be like a pretty a fairly disruptive three technique. So that's gonna be a help too. And like you said, David Onyemata, he's he's a stud. So. I, and Alex, Alex Okafor is going to be able to keep those pass rushers fresh, too, because he right. was a guy who broke out last year until he tore his Achilles tendon, he, so, and he re-signed. I thought he was going to start until they mortgaged the future for, for so Davenport. let's do, like, projections, then, uh, for Chubb and Davenport. Uh, so I still, I still wouldn't say, like, any more than, like, seven sacks, though. Yeah, yeah, even even seven sacks is a damn good rookie year. Uh, so who, who led the rookies in the sack last year? Was it Tack with six? Or was it? I'll check. I think it might have been like Lawson because oh, Lawson yeah. just racked yeah. up all those sacks against. Because it was the 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 Packers played the uh, the Packers played the Bengals that week when both their starting tackles and their swing tackle were all hurt. Remember, so they had to pull up guys like so. Lawson was literally getting sacks from a guy who like two days before was on the practice squad. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I mean, I think if I think if you get into a situation where it's Carl, Carl Lawson, eight and a half sacks. Okay. Uh, second was Miles Garrett, who played half a season, and then uh, T.J. Watt, Tackers McKinley was fourth with six. So, like like I said, seven. Even though that sounds kind of low for a guy who was drafted, what was it, fifth overall? Yeah. Um, rookie expectations are not long term expectations. Rookies really don't produce that early. Yeah, and it's just a hard position because, and especially for a guy like Davenport, even he'll have the opportunities, but you know, jumping from UTSA to the NFL is a gigantic stretch. So, uh, I'm I'm just not I'm not really sure what to expect from him. But I think you know a good a good a good season for both of them would be like five sacks and then like 
six or seven tackles for loss? I would I would say more than that. I would say probably no. I would say like ten tackles for loss. All right. The tackles for loss happen more than more yeah, frequently. That, that's than true. For sure. That's true. So yeah. So I would I would say like 15, 15 combined, and you're in a really happy spot where you're like, all right, this is gonna be the fucking guy. Yeah. Yeah. So fifteen behind the line of scrimmage plays, and you're probably feeling great about uh, about your draft pick. Uh, this is from next question is from Dave at N three XU five five five. What's better, good offensive line and bad defensive line, or would you rather have a uh, bad offensive line and a good defensive line? I'm taking the bad offensive line and the good defensive line every single day, and we'll just get a quarterback that can run. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think you can scheme around. I think you could scheme around a, a bad offensive line. I, I don't even know what a bad defensive line looks like in 2018 because there's so much talent on the defensive line. I guess. I mean, I clo- think the, the close ca- was like Cowboys. Detroit. Like Detroit. Well, fuck, dude. They had a guy who just led the league in sacks. No, 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 no. I was about to say Detroit or uh, Dallas in 2016. Like they. Yeah, that's they, true. Where it was like Malik Collins. And like, what's his name? The other, the the Boise State guy who I always forget who's getting crazy money. Tyron Crawford. Yeah, where it was like those two just kind of holding it down for the rest of the team. Yep. Uh, so I mean, I I I mean, if you're gonna, so let's just say, you know, we'll build a, a defensive line. We'll just we'll do the top four. Uh, what Aaron Donald, Cam Jordan, Bob Miller, and then who do you want as the other three tech? Sue. Are we doing double three tech, or are we are we playing a nose? Yeah, we're gonna do double three tech. Okay, yeah, we can do so. I don't really care. I don't yeah, have it, it doesn't really matter. So, I just I just wanted I just wanted to say Damon the snack series. But I I, I I just think that if if I had to pick one, I, I would just take the D from the line, just because, you know, I think you can you can scheme around having a poor offensive line, but. If you're a team that has just an atrocious defensive line, like you can't get off the field, you can't get any pass rushing, that that really really hurts as a team. And you know, if you're just getting stampeded with no pass rush, uh, that you're you're going to lose a lot of games for the most part, unless you're like the Cowboys and just get an elite rookie season from your quarterback and running back and have a, like a top two offensive line, uh, which was the case in 2016. Uh, this is uh, next question is from it's not even a question from Blake at all 22 BC Eli Manning shouldn't be considered for the Hall of Fame uh, agree strong agree <laughs> but then we, we've had this conversation in like chats before and then you're like it's the Hall of Fame not the Hall of Efficiency and then I threatened to make a Hall of Efficiency so I don't know maybe I'm just a bigly nerd so yeah you are a bigly nerd uh, we'll do one more question uh, this is from Hawks Chronicle at Hawks Chronicle. If you had to survive a post-apocalyptic hellscape, which three NFL players would be in your end of days squad? I would go Aaron Donald, just because I think having someone that big and that fast would just always be a help. Uh, hmm. I'm going to go Aaron Donald. Uh I think I'll take snacks just because you could always use like just some extra beef. Uh, or maybe, or would you rather have? No, I'll take snacks just because you know he's six four, three hundred fifty pounds, and he's he's in shape. So that's obviously a huge asset to have if if zombies are coming. So I'll take Aaron Donald, uh, snacks, Damon Harrison, and 
I'll, I'll take Deshaun Jackson just in case we need a little guy. <laughs> oh, no, I'll, I'll take Tyreek Hill in case we need a little guy who can run fast and, and, you know, we just need some speed on the perimeter, I guess, if the zombies are coming. I'll take I'll take Tyreek. So we got Snacks, Aaron Donald, and Tyreek Hill. It gives us a lot of speed, a lot of strength, and we can hopefully still get away from the zombies. All right, so here's the thing. I thought we were on the same line of thinking until you changed it to Tyreek Hill because you said Deshaun. So I, I kind of had the same thing, but I went on the other side of the ball. So I got I got my muscle too, right? So it's Trent Williams and Lane Johnson, I would say. Those are big guys who can move like not big guys. Uh, I want those guys on my team. They're basically like bouncers on speed. And then my last guy is Akeem Talib. But it's not because he's fast. I just I just need a shooter on deck, right? So that's what I thought you were doing with the Deshaun Watson or the, the Deshaun Jackson thing. Yeah, I, I don't really know. I, that was a, a fun question to think about. Uh, so we'll be back. I mean, is there anything else you want you want to get off your chest? Oh, uh, actually, I do. No, please, I'm- please buy the the Football Outsiders Almanac. Uh, our pal, me and my pal Derek Lassen, we are currently slaving away on it, and it actually takes a shitload of work. So if you could please just buy it when it's out in July, that would be many thanks. You got uh, I'm 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 writing stuff for Bleacher Report. Go find my tweets about it and retweet it. You could also type in like Justice Mosqueda Bleacher Report. Find it pretty easily. You guys know how to use the internet. Um, other than that, I really got nothing else to say. Hopefully next week we'll – what are we doing, AFC uh, – NFC South next week? NFC maybe S- we'll have a guest. I don't know. Maybe. Yep, NFC South. So, uh, yeah, I'll figure out something to come on with us for sure. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Adios. Bye, stars. <laughs>